Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with your host, Big Ken, a retired teacher bringing you lessons each week he's learned in the hobby by taking you behind the table and inside the mind of a dealer and a collector. Sit back and relax. There won't be a test. The only thing being graded here is the cards. Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Big Ken. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on a streaming service, please like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. You'll be notified whenever I drop any new content. Welcome. Thanks for being here. How is everyone doing? It is almost the new year, four days away. Uh, I hope everyone has taken some time off of work, spending some time with family, friends, closing out the uh, 2023 on a positive note. So for me, on a positive note, uh, this, my friends, is episode number 150, the final episode of season three. Um, no fanfare today, just a regular episode. You know, I've thought a lot about this. I see, I know a lot of people, like, they do something at the end of, you know, a season, whether it's 25, 50, 100 episodes, whatever it is. Um and each time I finished a season, I thought, nah, it's not time yet. And I still feel the same. Uh, only finished three seasons, uh, 50 episodes a season. So uh, I think I think at the end of season five, which should be this time next year, would be a good time. Five seasons, that's a great time to celebrate. So I think I'm going to hold my big celebration until then. Uh, and, and at the end of season four, we should just be getting... Going to the national or pretty much preparing to go. Um, so definitely this time next year would be a good time to celebrate. So let's jump into the episode. Uh, first, first, I'm happy to report I did hear back from the person who I felt ghosted me uh, on the last episode. And, and it turns out we were, really weren't that far apart um, on the price of the card. Uh, but at the and didn't get I didn't we didn't get a deal done, uh, which was fine. But I'm glad that it worked out. I'm glad that, you know, we were able to negotiate a little and chat a little and we we're both on the same page. And I felt I felt a lot better with that type of I'm not going to say closure because I don't think it ever really, you know, there's ever really real closure, you know, when you're in the hobby with people, because there's always new cards, there's always more things coming up, but with this particular card and this, and, and who knows, they, this may change down the road. Uh, but I'm glad it, I'm glad it ended up that way. Uh, you know, I talked about the Friday, the Friday show, that Friday night show that I was getting ready to go to, uh, last week on the last episode. Uh, I did go to that show, uh, and, you know, for whatever reason, and I know it, it's, I brought, I brought that energy out in that episode. And I'll tell you, up to the, getting in the car on that Friday to head over to that show, I just, I was so excited. I don't know why I was so excited about a Friday show. I don't know if it was just because it was a night show or just something different that I've been doing all these other things now. What, and I'm going to, I'm going to be completely honest when I'm getting ready to go to a, you know, do a show and a big show and people say, Oh, it starts on Friday. I'm like, Oh, 
not Friday. I don't want to waste my whole Friday going and setting up. And then, you know, they don't open the doors till like two or three or four o'clock. And then by the time I can get out of there, it's like seven. And I'm just, oh, I just think it was such a downer. But going to this one, I was excited for. So maybe just because it was just a, you know, what for whatever reason. Anyway, I went. I was excited. Um, there was a ton of foot traffic. A uh, ton of foot traffic there uh, at the show, and you know everybody was in the holiday spirit. It was just a just a good time. People were in you know, a great mood, um, a lot of laughing, a lot a lot of joking, um, a lot of people there. Like you know, sometimes I go to the, this show and I'll see this person or that person, but because the show, maybe because the show is from nine to one or nine to two, you know, we never really get there all at the same time. But I was at the show from five to seven. And it was a 5 to 8.30 show. So I think I saw everybody who was going to that show. And it was good. And I got some deals done, too. So I'd been to the show a few times. You know, sometimes I get deals done. Sometimes I don't. And and it's not. And when I say sometimes I don't get deals done, it's not that it was it, it was a, a bad show in any way for me. It's just that, you know, sometimes you show up and there's not things there that I want to buy, say not for my PC, or if I do want to buy it, maybe to sell it a show, maybe the price is not right. Maybe their price is great. But for me to buy it at that price, I would sometimes I, uh, I find myself, if I buy a card and I'm like, wow, this card will go great in my case. And then I get it in my case. And then I realize sometimes I just borrowed the card and then I ended up selling it for, you know, the, the same amount. So I like a little bit more picky about, you know, what I buy to put in my case now because I want it to make sense. Right. So one card I did buy, uh, I bought it from my guy, Mike, uh, on Instagram at J underscore and underscore M underscore sports cards. So funny story about this, uh, Mike had sent me and, you know, just talking about this ghosting, right? Like the whole last episode, like, you know, I'm saying you got to respond. Uh, Mike had sent me a message and said, just got bad. These just came back from grading. Let me know what you think. And I actually opened up his message and it was three black, you know, the pictures were just all black on there. And I was in the middle of doing a couple other things. And I thought to myself, oh, I have to respond to him completely for, forgot for whatever reason thing I was doing. And when I got to the show and I saw him, he says, oh, you never responded about that. The Trinity Rodman card. I'm like, what card? And he's like, I messaged you. I'm like, oh, you did. I'm like, I want to say that came out. Those pictures came out black. And I went back to my phone. And I said, yeah, look. And he goes, oh, I don't know why, but here they are. So um, I ended up buying one of those cards. I probably would have bought that card if. You know, it's just a, a you know, if 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 that would have come through on the uh, on the phone a, a week or so earlier, I probably would have bought it. But um, if you're on YouTube, I'll show it to you. Excited to have it. It's the uh, select uh, FIFA FIFA. Sorry, FIFA Orange uh, PSA 10. Uh, this is uh, numbered to 60, and I'll hold that up there. Um, pop three on that. Uh, a couple of other cards I bought from other dealers there. Uh, I bought a couple of Patrick Mahomes cards, right? So, you know, he hasn't been playing well. <laughs> and being a Chiefs fan, I know this, right? So I find like sometimes, it, you know, when somebody's not playing well, and it's definitely a guy that, 
uh, I mean, he could tank, right? But I just don't think he's going to tank. And I know some of his prices are down on some cards, not all cards. It just depends on the cards that you're looking to get. So one dealer had two cards, um, and they were both case hit cards, right? So they were both uh, 2021 Mosaic. Um, the first one is the Genesis uh, PSA 10, and I'll hold that up. And the other one was the Honeycomb, and this one was a PSA 9. Very low pop on the Honeycomb. Um, and, and, and not many sales on either of these cards. Um, so not being many sales, and I know, I know, I know I, I've seen this dealer at this show and other shows, and I've seen these cards in his case a number of times, and I've asked him a, a couple of times, what's the prices on those? And the prices were, were less on this particular Friday night. So I said, look, let's put a deal together. I'll take them both. Uh, and he gave me a great deal. So I was happy to get them. I'm happy to put them in my case. If they sell, they sell. If not, they'll sit there with the rest of my Mahomes cards. Um, happy to have it. The last card I picked up was a 2020 uh, Don Russ Optic, uh, Jalen Hurts Blue Scope. And this is PSA 10. And I know, I just said it on uh, one of the last episodes, you know, one of the people I'm not buying was Jalen Hurts. Uh, but when I saw this card and I knew what the comps were on this card and I looked it up and I, you know, in my head, I said, look, if I can get this card at this particular price, um, it would make sense to buy it because I'm going to be doing a show in New Jersey on January 13th, doing a last show down there. And it's a card that I, I, I know Hertz cards are popular down there. So I should be able to do well moving that card down there. Um, I hope I do. It's not a, not like I'm a Holmes card that I'm, that I'd be willing to, to hang on to. Um, worst case scenario, I could pass it off to my granddaughters who are all Eagles fans, right? But uh, no, I think this uh, this card will do uh, this will do well down in New Jersey. So today's episode, you know, are we starting to see a thinning of the hobby herd? Um, when I started. And this is where I'm going to start out with this. Um, when I started this podcast, I'd only been setting up uh, as a dealer for about a year, maybe just a little bit over a year. And those first, that first year, the first few years were very, very lucrative um, with little work. There wasn't, there wasn't a lot of work that went into it. So, you know, when you're starting something and you're starting something new, uh, and things come easy, you think to yourself, wow, I was just born to do this, right? And and who knew, like, what that Lance hobby landscape looked like before I got there and what it looks like now compared to when I got in and started. So sometimes, you know, we time things perfectly. And to me, that was one of those things that I timed perfectly that, you know, somebody else brought me into the space saying, wow, you know, this is something I think you'd be really good at. Let's, you know, give, why don't you give this a try? And I did really well with it. Um, you know, and then I started the podcast, uh, and I started talking about like just documenting, you know, I, I think one of the, the, you know, when I started it and started saying do documenting my journey, right. All of a sudden, I think there was just a flood of all kinds of, 
of content was all documenting the journey. So we all got away from saying that because I think people got tired or sick of hearing that, that expression. Um, but setting up as a dealer and talking about it on, on the early podcasts and, you know, and explaining, you know, what I was doing and how I was getting, getting cards. I mean, I had a lot of listeners reaching out to me. I was chatting with them and they said, man, this is something I always wanted to do. I really want to do it. And I would encourage them. I'm like, oh my God, if this is something you want to do, there is no better time than right now to do it. And I would help them buy the case. You want to, they sell these cases on Amazon. You could do this. You could do that. Reach out, give them names of people. If I knew if they were in an area of people I knew, I'd give them names of, you know, promoters who are setting things up, reach out and do that. And some people did, and some people went different directions um and they did well they did well like i did like i was doing well but again there wasn't a lot of work that you had to put in because as a dealer you could shut up set up at a show and and buy cards you know from people who are attending the show you know, at a discount and reprice them and drop them in the case and sell them the same day. I mean I would turn over a case two or three times at a show. And it's just constantly just moving, moving cards out that I, that I had just purchased. Right. Um, uh, another benefit of being a dealer is just showing up early, being able to shop the room before the show starts and really getting pick of the litter, you know, of what was out there and, and, and getting a good idea too, which was probably even more important what people were selling and what price they were selling it for. Right. So it gave you a better idea. You didn't want to come in and be over the top of everybody or underneath of people. Right. So there were a lot of benefits to that. But now over these last couple of years, things have become harder. You know, it's not something that you could say, hey, I just want to be a dealer and I'm just going to show up because I've got some money and a couple of cases and I was able to get a table. There's a lot more to it now than there was Um it's become harder to buy well. It's become harder to sell well. Um, and I can remember, you know, during those times too. And I, I'm like, sooner or later, this is going to come back to haunt us all. But people putting YouTube videos up where there are people are running around buying cards. You know, they've got this video. Oh, I'm going to buy this card and that card and this card. And they were getting me at like 50% comps, right? And then all of a sudden they would turn around and sell it for 150% of what they just bought it for. Uh, whether it was fake or true or whatever it was, right? They were still putting those videos out. And, you know, people who are walking the shows, you know, the collectors or even flippers, right? They, they started to believe as dealers, we were buying these cards at ridiculously low prices, right? Low percentage, 40%, 50%, And those offers of, you know, 85, 90% or at comps, all went away at some point, you know, they, you know, people will come in and start at, start at 60% or 65%. And you have to start working up from there because you I mean, at some point they were assuming as a dealer, we were getting these, these cars ridiculously cheap. Now, some people were, I'm not going to say, and I'm saying that, you know, we, we all got, we all had good things happen. I mean, I'm not going to say I never got got into a card at 40 or 50 or 60% because I did. Of course I did. We all did. But I, I don't think that's the norm today. You know, the only time I find that to be anywhere close to the norm is when people are like, look, I, I'm just getting out of the hobby. Here's all my cards. You know, you want to come buy me out, make me a decent offer and just, just 
you know, cash me out and let me move on. And I've seen that happen. And I've talked to people that said, oh my God, I got all this, all these cards at this price. So, you know, somebody I know just wanted to get cashed out and it still happens. I, I know it doesn't happen. Um, but for the most part, I mean, it is definitely a lot more work now than it was those first few years to be a dealer. Um, I've even seen people setting up at shows, you know, say these local shows these last few years, right? Um, all of a sudden, I see them starting to set up at these bigger shows now. The familiar faces from smaller shows setting up at bigger shows. Um where the bigger shows have been the same guys all the time, you know, uh, really at the bigger shows, there really wasn't much turnover. You may see, you know, on some of these shows that have, you know, booths instead of just, just tables that, you know, some different faces at the booths, but you know, any of these shows with the tables, it was a lot of the same guys and people would, you know, I can remember people saying to me, oh, what show are you? Oh, and even messaging me, oh, like I'm doing Hofstra, I'm doing a last show, I'm doing this, I'm doing, hey, can I get you in? I'm like, I can I, I get you to the promoter who I know to get the tables from. And they'd be like, yeah, no, they said they had nothing. They'll get me on a waiting list. And people just couldn't get in now. Now I'm I'm starting to hear from, see people that are set up. I'm like, oh man, what are you doing here? I How'd you end up at this show, right? All like these familiar local faces are starting to show up at, at, at these bigger shows. And, and somebody I know who sets up it as, as a dealer, perfect example, uh, called me a few weeks ago and said, Hey, are you setting up at Hofstra? I said, yeah. They said, Oh, me too. Yeah. So, so my buddy just got the call saying he's been on a waiting list for two years and he just got a call that, you know, they had some open tables and, uh, he ended up getting a table. So I, I would see, uh, you know, I'll see you down there set up. And I was surprised some of the people I saw down there because this was a show that was re really kind of exclusive, right, to get into, to 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 set up at, you know. And, and you know, for the most part, too, none of those tables were becoming available because the people who own these tables, they were gonna, never going to let them go because they could just sell or sublet for a profit, like they could just name their price, you know, and, and there was a time where, I mean, I would talk to people and people were going to some of these, these bigger shows and they'd be like, Oh, I paid, you know, $800 for this table or a thousand dollars for this table for the weekend. Then I would shake my head. I'd be like, Oh my God. Like I, I would never pay that much for a table unless it was for the national or something like that. Right. But people were paying this money, but, um, Things are starting to change, even even in uh, with that landscape, right? Because you know what, more spots become available. You know, other dealers they know what these tables cost, right? They know what the price of these tables cost, and you know, if somebody's paying two fifty for a table and trying to you know sell it to you for six hundred or five hundred or five, I mean, sometimes people are just you know they get a bad taste in their mouth. They'll be like, "Man, it used to be my friend," you know, like that type of thing. Um, so I think people are just starting to let some tables go now. So, so we starting to see, you know, a little bit, you know, of, of a turnover or, or a thinning when I say a thinning of the herd or just people, you know, like backing out, making different decisions, don't want to set up as a dealer anymore. Um, I've been getting messages from listeners, you know, to say, Hey, can you do an episode on how, you know, how you make profit setting up as a dealer, with all the overhead and all the expenses, I, like I've tried doing it and I can't make any money doing it. Right. And, and 
I said, I tell them, like, I, I do almost every episode I do on that, right? There's no, I figured out, I mean, it was easy at the beginning. You can sell anything. And I, and, I'm, and I keep going back to my beginning when I started because I just started at a great time. But, you know, if, you, if you've been here as long as I have, you know, I mean, you have, you really have to hustle. There's no one way to make profit when you're setting up at shows. It's just a constant hustling. Right. You have to buy right. You have to sell right. You have to be grading. You need to be trading up. You need to be trading down. You need to know the values on cards. You need to be able to, you know, forecast the market a little bit, know what's coming, know who's going to be on the up, down. I mean, when I'm in the car all day, I'm listening to sports radio and fantasy and all this stuff. And I'm, I mean, I mean, hear what, what players are doing and what, you know, what professionals, people who get paid really good money to talk about you know, all these people and what, what their forecasts look like and the team they're on and, 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 you know, making sure they're, they're, you know, we got to get the most out of a player because, you know, let's face it, you can get, you could be the, you know, this, this great player being drafted first in, in the number one overall in the draft, but where are you going? Most of the time you're going to the worst team, right? So it, it's not an overnight success. It's usually, unless you're the last player of, be, of, you know, of a rebuilding and there's already four, five, six other first round drafts there before you. And now you're, you know, what they need to, to tip the scale to get them you know, to the playoffs or winning or things like that. So, so I'm listening to a lot of stuff and, and that's how I, I, prospect right this is how i'm prospecting on players and it's not only it's not only on football right it's other sports too i'm just listening all the time and and hoping i'm hoping i'm making great decisions right last year i talked about prospecting desmond ritter right and and most of the people close to me shook their head and said man you are crazy but i said look here's a guy that the people like him because he's being put in such a great position to succeed. I wasn't going to wait around with his cars to figure out if he was going to succeed or not. I started buying those cards at this time last year, and I bought those cards all the way up till probably March, maybe into April. But then come June, July, it was sell time. It was time to, to let them all go. And I, and I, you know, the only, if bad news came out about him, it could have hurt me. Right. But I wasn't, investing a ton of money into into him to to prospect on and it worked out for me so you know that's just part of hustling it's not just you know one person saying if you do this or do that you can make money out there no there's so many different things you have to do or be able to do just to you know to to, to make a profit you know while you're doing this stuff and and I'll be the first one to say and I being completely honest what I do in the hobby what my lane is I could never live on this I could never say hey I'm uh, you know right now what I'm doing uh, you know I'm going to pay a mortgage or a car payment or a, no no I put the work in the work that I put in pays for my PC pays for my entertainment right this is a, this is really Mostly, even what I'm doing here is mostly entertainment, right? I mean, I enjoy doing this. If I'm having fun doing something. Why not? Why not? I'm, having, I'm enjoying myself. I'm having a good time. Uh, and, and I'm taking all of you along for the ride. You know, so what do you think? Are we going to start seeing a downsize of tables at shows? Uh, or will it just be the new blood 
that's just going to keep coming in and, and filling them up. Because I know I've been on a couple waiting lists for some bigger shows and, and I haven't gotten any calls yet. I start to think, hey, maybe maybe I might get some get some of those calls, you know, to uh, to show up there. You know, I definitely what I can say is there is no shortage of foot traffic at shows. No shortage of whether it's it's it's, you know, dealers that are like myself who set up at some shows and walk others um, looking to buy inventory to either and flippers. Right. People that I, I know a ton of people who come to these shows and buy this stuff and they take them and they're they're either lining them or razzing them or they're putting on eBay, you know, turning a profit. Because I know there's a ton of people that are just like me. I'm like, I'm building these five row boxes to start selling singles. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it is tough. Like I, I, I run them out and I'll say, here's a $1, here's a $2, here's a $3. And then you come along and you've got these cards where every card is a different price. And it's tough to sit there and start pricing every single card in this box. That is so much work. I mean, I started doing this and each night I'm like, should I really be doing this? Am I wasting my time doing this? Should I, should I be doing this differently? Should I just be putting them out there and say, you know, when somebody picks it out, say, Hey, let's look the price up. Let's see what the current price is. I mean, as, as a dealer and as a salesman, I think that's a, a terrible idea, but you know, there's a lot of work that's going to go into just pricing out individual cards to keep dropping them in a box. I guess once it's done, it's done. Right. But you know that 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 initial work it's 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 just a lot of work uh and we have much better educated buyers at shows right so people who have been doing this for a while they know where their profit margins are at too so they're showing up and just like i do just like I'm doing when I'm showing up at these shows, right? I know what I need to buy these, you know, like 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 this Jalen Hurts card, right? I know what I need to buy this card at so I can make a profit on it. Where before I'd say, oh, you know, let me do this percentage. I, I, I'm not even on percentages anymore. I look at the comp and I know because I've been doing this so long. I know, but I can look at the last few comps on there and I can guarantee I know to within a few dollars, what somebody's going to offer me, their first offer is going to be on that card. Within a, within a, I say a few dollars, within two to five dollars, I, you know, even on a two or a three hundred dollar card, just by looking at what the last sales were, what the last comps on that card, I know exactly where people are going to on that. So if there's a card that's, you know, we say, oh, this, like, I'll, I'll even use this Hertz card. We say the comp on this is two fifty, right? And there are sales at. 258, 240, 219, right? That 219 is the game changer right there. Because so the first person's going to say, well, you do 190 on the card, right? And, the, and they're asking me to do 190 so they could get it at $200, right? So knowing that, I am not going to buy this card at 190 or $200, right? Because it makes no sense for me to buy that card at this price and drop it in my case and wait for somebody to come. So when I go to a show, yeah, I'm better educated too. Because there were times I would say, oh, geez, at two, 250, if I could get that card, you know, at say 215, you know, or 220, maybe I can sell it for 240. 
never happening. Not unless, not unless we see some sales at 275 or 280. It's not happening at a show. Um, or it's happening to an uneducated buyer who just wants to buy a, a Jalen Hurts card and says, oh, okay, I'm just going to buy that card. Because nobody's going to come buy that at that price to try to do whatever they're going to do with it because they're just coming to move it on the back end somewhere. So knowing that it makes me, I go to shows, it makes me more educated. I'll walk up and, and like, and I'll look at, I'll ask prices on everything. And if you're even close and I, to where I could be like, then I'll start negotiating. But if you're that much higher, I mean, it's almost, I don't want to insult anybody and people know I'm a dealer. People know who I am. Right. So, you know, when I show up, they know if I'm buying it, and it's not somebody I PC because I talk about my PC on here all the time. They know I'm buying it to move it somewhere else. So you know, they may be a little bit tighter on the uh, on, 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 on their prices too. thinking like something I've said on here a ton of times. You know, why should I do the work to get, let somebody else go make the profit on it? I want to make the profit on it. Um, and I understand that. I mean, who knows? I mean, somebody, you know, somebody can maybe gotten into this card. Maybe they graded this card. This could have been a card they picked out of a bin, you know, for $20 and they graded it for $20 and selling it for $180 or $175 was a huge win to them. Right. So we don't know on the back end, you know, sooner somebody, somebody had to grade this card and that person who graded this card probably made the most amount of profit on it. And then the card's going to change hands quite a number of times and people more people are going to lose on this card than win right and that's that that's really what we have to understand is more people are going to lose money on this card the more this changes hands more people are going to lose money on this card than than they're going to win on it um and that and that's the way it is right now in in, in the hobby so when you're going out there if you're if you're you know a smart educated buyer whatever you're doing with the card you can get it at good prices, but it, it could mean not a lot of sales, you know, at these shows, even though there's a lot of foot traffic, people are really trying to drive those prices down to, you know, put as much profit in their own pocket if they're going to buy it. And on the opposite end of the table, the person selling it doesn't want to give up too much profit either, you know, so it becomes a, a little bit of a tug of war. Um, besides these cards, these graded cards that I show you that I pick up and there's, they really now have been few and far between. Um, my inventory moving forward, selling forward into the spring, into the summer is really just going to be acquired raw cards and great and grading them. Right. Cause that's where the, that's, that's where the, 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 your best profit is going to come from is if you're the first person grading the card and the card grades well and if the player people want. Um, put all those together equals success, right? You can you know, make some good money on that because once the card is graded, one, once it is a 10, right? That's when the profit was made from raw to, to being graded. And they're not all going to be 10s, right? Some are going to be 9s, you know, eight, hopefully not 8s if you're sending it in. Hopefully you've looked at it enough to, and some of those sneak by us. <laughs> some of those, I mean, I think every order I send them, I'll be like, oh, a 10, oh, a 10, oh, that 9, yeah, I thought so. And then you're like, what? Where'd this 8 come from? <laughs> what did I miss on this card, right? So, you know, things happen. Uh, next episode, episode one of season four, I'm going to be talking about 
who I will be prospecting for football for next year and why, what information I have that's led me to prospect on a number of players that I've, I've already started, you know, acquiring these cards. So that's all I have for you today. Um, the episode, next episode will drop, um, on new year's day on Monday on new year's day. So look forward to that. Happy new year. I hope everybody has a, a great new year's Eve and, uh, hopefully you're not too wrecked to listen to the episode on Monday. So I want to thank everyone for tuning in. And if you like what you hear, please like definitely subscribe. And most importantly, tell a friend and spread the word until next time, take care of yourselves and everyone around you. 